Welcome to another edition of Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host, Talent T. Taylor. It's another wonderful day in the neighborhood, yeah. Would you be Bobby? Would you be mine? I think we all ready to talk some. Wait, we all know, actually, who's going to go to the Super Bowl. That means we get to talk AFC versus NFC, the winners of those two games. We get to talk about that chef, how he serves up another dose of butt-kicking, whooping. Just another barrage of threes. Not to mention our weekly awards. But you know what I say? Regardless of the time and regardless of the weather, it's always a good time to talk some sports. So let's start talking. And first of all, we are just... You can't even help it. We're going we're gonna to start off with, with the chef himself, Mr. Curry. And I know, like, you're saying, listen, like, it seems like we're talking about him consistently and constantly, like, every week, like, we're opening up with him. But, you know, when, when you're hot, you're hot. <laughs> and he's hot. And even though they played a San Antonio team that, like I said, or I said before that they execute just as well as Golden State. Go, listen, San Antonio was on a 13-game winning streak. And Steph, the chef, Curry, came in there and sprinkled his sauce all over the court. Had listen, and you know what? Before I even get this. Hey, let me tell you, like, I was about to talk about how we had Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard looking like a ballerina out there. But Kawhi Leonard did his thing. It's like Kawhi Leonard didn't do his thing. Like, every time I looked up, Kawhi Leonard is functioning in that little low post area that Tim Duncan is normally set in. Which, not to mention, Tim Duncan did not play this game. But I don't know if that would have changed much with how San Antonio wasn't really able to keep up with Golden State's pace. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I watched that game and I, 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 it was about the third quarter. And I said to myself, I think I'm safe to go to sleep. It was about like, like four minutes left in the third. And like, maybe like two. Somewhere around there. And I was like, I think it's safe for me to go to sleep. And I even said to myself, like before like I, I did that once little curl over, I was like, please don't make me regret this. <laughs> you know? Like, I, like I, I still had to put that out there just because... I didn't want to wake up this morning and see that somehow, some way, some shape, some form, that San Antonio had, you know, come back on Golden State. It would have been too much for me to wake up to. Like, it, it wouldn't have been Folgers in my, actually, for me, it probably would have been Folgers in my cup because I hate coffee. <laughs> yeah, man. So, but that didn't happen. Golden State maintained it, and they won. And listen, Pop, I heard you. I got it. I got what you said when he was like, it's a good thing that his GM wasn't in that locker room. He would have got fired. I got you. You ain't slick. That was a shot at Dan Gilbert and that whole entire Cleveland organization. I got you. And that Daddy Blatchford. I got you. I heard you. I heard you. The media members there didn't get it, but listen, I got you. And if I was there, then we would have been chuckling. And then hopefully later on, we could have got a shot or two, you know, and, and, and talk some real shit. But, you know, like, listen, that was, the, the game was, the pace of the game was preliminarily dominated, preliminary dominated by Golden State the whole entire time. Like, they, they were quicker to the ball. Their defense was better. Like, every time I looked up, Draymond Green were, was beating every single power forward to the spot they want. Like, 
Listen, I hope, I, and I'm pretty sure that Tim Duncan rested that game and was watching, really, really watching to see what they're doing against them. And I say that to say I'm pretty sure that Draymond Green watched a hell of a lot of tape on San Antonio before they played. Because every time I looked up, not only was he stealing ball, he was beating every single power forward. Like as soon as they made their prime, like as soon as they made their primary move, which was like a back down or, or their setup move, as soon as they go went, uh, as soon as they made their setup move, as soon as they went to go make their, their, their primary move or that first step, Draymond Green was there. Draymond Green knew which knew where they were gonna go with the ball before they knew it, where they were gonna go for the ball. So nothing they do was, was based off of instant. They were so they were so systematic that they they knew what system and what sets they were going to run, and they took that away from them. And every time I looked up, Draymond Green is on the line. You understand? Like like I said, Steph, Steph Curry got has <laughs> Kawhi Leonard out there turning around and twisting around like he's a ballerina. Every time I look, every time I turn around, I see Thompson driving to the lane, you know what I mean, drawing fouls. Tristan, Tristan Thompson, mind you, you know what I mean, like, I'm gonna tell you something. Like, I'm a. I think he's kind of soft, right? And it's kind of funny that you say that 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 I say that because I'm gonna bring up something that that Kobe said. That actually, I'm, I'm gonna leave that one alone. I'm actually gonna actually no, I'm not. Not at all. When Kobe said to one of his teammates that like you drive to the lane like a like like a light skinned dude, like. I look at I look at um not Christian I look at Clay Thompson, my bad I call him Tristan Thompson. No wonder that didn't come out my mouth properly when I was trying to say it. I look at Clay and I sometimes I think that he has like a light skinned dude kind of game. And and like I said, you know what I'm trying, you know what I'm saying, you know you know what I mean, B. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he does like like he, he like he got a Rick Fox kind of. I always think like he got a Rick Fox kind of game. You know what I mean? Rick Fox know what I'm talking about too. <laughs> like so. It's, it's it's like I, when I see him drive to the lane and he's being and he's being that aggressive with the ball, then I know that Golden State is really bringing their A game. I think Golden State doesn't need much to bring their A game in the night, but that means that their aggression level is at a higher point when you see Clay driving to the lane with purpose. You know, like Livingston getting backdoor after backdoor after. Listen. Livingston got so much backdoor action, I thought he was in a porno. Like, <laughs> like, oh my goodness! Every time you look, I told you, every time you looked up when these guys were in the game, this is how they scored. Draymond Green was 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 stealing the ball and and, and getting to the foul line. You know, um, you know, Curry is doing what he does and, and 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 making people lose their mind. Like, if this was a cartoon, Kawhi Leonard would have had stars or, or Tweety Birds floating around his head. Like, that's how dizzy he had him. You understand? Like, like they they played a superb game, and like Pop said it, like they said it, that they just like like you know Pop and the Pop and, Go and San Antonio said it, and Golden State also said it. Like they they played Golden State just came out aggressive. They San Antonio just didn't have a little bit of that fervor that they normally have that vigor. But listen, maybe they did, and maybe they just, they just didn't have enough because listen, Leonard had Leonard had did his thing. Every time, like I said, I look up. Lennon is functioning in that post area. Lennon is functioning in that post area. And it makes you wonder of how much is Lennon going to be able to function in that post area or will be functioning in that post area because, listen, Aldridge wasn't able to function, right? Tim Duncan is a completely different monster. You understand? Like, Tim, Tim Duncan just knows way too much. But, listen, that's going to have to be Duncan's area. Mix with a little bit of Leonard. 
So we gonna see. Like we gonna see. But listen, talk about phenomenal performances. Like let, let's not let's not forget about what happened in in, in with Sacramento not too recently. And we're talking about like last night's game. Like we like listen, last time we spoke was on Saturday. So this is like listen, by the time you get this, this is gonna be Wednesday morning, but this is being recorded Tuesday night. You know what I mean? So I said I still say good morning. Notice I didn't give you a weather report this time. <laughs> didn't even notice that, did you? Got it. Understood it today, didn't got. It. But man, I don't wanna I don't wanna go too far off. DeMarcus Cousins put a phenomenal game. Like, DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo probably put up some of the two best games last night than you probably would have ever witnessed. And it's been touted for a while that DeMarcus Cousins, is pro- if, if he's not the best center in the league, then he is definitely top three. Like, his talent is ridiculous. Like, everybody knows, everybody says and speculates that the only thing holding them back is that is the organization and that unstable environment that Sacramento currently has. But even with all that said, even with 56 points in Sacramento and Roger Rondo with 20 assists, right? 20 or 20 plus assists, not exactly sure. All I care about at this point in time is has anybody ever scored 56 points in the game and getting got ejected? Yeah. Has that ever happened before? That the per- that a per- the person that scores over 50 points in the game gets ejected. I said what I said before. I said about him even before I about his about his situation. He's in an unstable situation and and sometimes he plays unstable. Even when he's having a great game, he has unstable moments and he gets himself ejected in a game where he puts up 56. DeMarcus Cousin when he's when 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 he becomes a free agent, he needs to leave Sacramento. He he just needs to go. Like, I, I don't know I don't know what's going on there because listen, Sacramento's been bad and they've been getting good draft picks. What have they been doing with those draft picks? Who knows? You know, they had a guy a couple years ago named Macklemore or whatever his name was that Shaq was endorsing. You know, p- you know, putting crowns on his head. Where is he now? What is he doing now? Marcus cousin is, is over there. Is over there boogieing, but he can't stay in the game. So what are you really doing? You you got Mr. Hothead over here, Mr. Rajah Rondo. Yeah, he's dishing twenty assists. I think he only put up like six points or eight points. But no, he dished a good game. But Demarcus Cousins, you got yourself ejected in the game that you were dominated. In a game that you were dominated. Like, 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 where they do that at? Seriously, my dude. Like, sir, like, is that is that what happens now? Like, let me let, let me let me score buckets and have a great game and and take and take Charlotte to to what seems like their 18th overtime for the season, just to get ejected so my team can lose. Really? B. Seriously. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you you can keep that all you want. And you know what? Not for nothing. He's not the only person that's gonna get an award tonight. And not just an award, more specifically, the Richard Cranium Award. But we'll talk about that later. When we come back for the Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host, Alan Taylor. Pickle.
tired of being ripped off by those other guys, then head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830 183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more, play more. So, we are back. And listen, it's we're here now. But we are finally down to the final two teams of the NFL season. And for the third straight year, what we have is the number one two number one team from the NFC versus the number one team from the AFC. The Denver Broncos. Peyton Manning, the great, late, in years, Peyton Manning, <laughs> and his massive cranium filled with knowledge <laughs> about the NFL game and how to break down the defense and how to conduct yourself as a professional and how to play this game at the highest level. Along with his defense. Along with a defense. That he has never had before. He's never witnessed before. He's never had the privilege. Of watching. In the same jersey before. And. As he manages, or as he has managed his way into another Super Bowl appearance, second in three years. Peyton Manning is not the biggest story here. Denver's not the biggest story here. And you would think that they may be, or they should be, or they could be. It's one of the three. Like, you know, one of those woulda, shoulda, couldas. Because it's it also could very well be his last season. And I wouldn't lie to you if I didn't say that there's a part of me that wants Peyton Manning to get that second ring. And... Retire on top. And go out on top. But on the other end. On the other end. Who we have. Is Cam Newton. Which Cam Newton? The Cam Newton that was told... Don't get any tattoos. The Cam Newton that didn't get drafted by the big school in college. The Cam Newton that took little old, what was it, Auburn? And won him a national championship. The Cam Newton that gives balls to kids and... Check out the way that I dance. Walking around with a cat. I got them headed, they mad. But not only that, 
the Cam Newton that Greg Olson, the veteran tight end, the only other tight end in history outside of two other guys. <laughs> I think he's like I think he's like the third tight end in history to lead his team that the Golden Super Bowl leading his team in in reset in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns, something like that. And I wish I could tell you who the other two were. Like I I don't even know. But I know he's one of three. But he's going there. As Mr. As Mr. Like I said, as Greg Olson admits himself, that Cam not only has the strength or the arm power to get balls in almost any spot imaginable, right? Quickly with force and velocity, but he also has the proper touch to get it over, through, and past. Defenders, so that there's receivers or catching balls in perfect areas for them to catch balls, which will make you understand just a little bit more how he has made Ted Ginn a stud. Ted Ginn needs the ball one way and one way only, and Cam Newton has found a way to deliver that ball to him. So Cam, in all of his dabbing. And along with Greg Olson and Ted Ginn Jr. And that immaculate defense that they have, right, with the loquacious Norman <laughs> and Keekley and them boys. And the games weren't even, the games weren't even a surprise. Like, I don't know. Were you surprised? Listen, I know. <laughs> Like, we're changing paces here. But, but were you surprised? Because Carolina did to me what, what Carolina has been doing. I guess Carolina did what Carolina has been doing almost all year. They came out early, and they kicked, they quickly discouraged, disheartened, demoralized, and just utterly mud-stomped the other team early. But enough... To the, to the point where they can't come back. And listen, if you say that, if you're going to say that, oh, like, teams are always, like, on the verge of coming back on them, that's, I mean, but they're really not. That's like, that's like Steph Curry, like, averaging the lowest fourth quarter minutes in, like, the last two years in any, than any other superstar in, in any other champion in history. You know? Like, between last year's fourth quarter minutes and this year's fourth quarter minutes, like, you've never seen a champion play less fourth quarter minutes. Like, you can't blame him for his team being dominant. And you can't blame a team for, take, for taking their foot off the gas because, listen, you know what's funny? Like, you can't, you, you, you have to have it one way or the other. Because, like, you're knocking him or you're going to knock the team. Because you can't knock the team for allowing teams to come back in, in the fourth quarter. But still finding a way to always win, except for one time. And does anybody even remember who beat them? Yeah. You know what? Comment below. <laughs> Seriously. Like, if you listen to this on SoundCloud, right, the Mighty Sports Minute, I'm your host, Alan Taylor. Right below, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a comment area. So right, right in this timeline, specifically, you can comment and you can leave. 
little comment. Who was the last team? Who was the team that beat them? And is it even relevant or does anybody even care anymore? Because like I'm telling you, I don't remember. I really don't remember. It's that irrelevant to me. Because they've built such enough lead that teams can't come back on them. And then when they when they slightly do, they just they they finish them off. It's just like, oh, you came back for more? We're done with you. Because see, if they were doing the other thing that New England does, where they don't care how many points they're beating you by, they're going to keep piling on the points and piling on the points and piling on the points and piling on the points. Then you'll be poo-pooing on him for that. And you can't have it both ways. And I, and I know you that you would. And I, and I know that a lot of people would. Like if yeah, if he was consistently running up the score and it was like seventy-two to fourteen, you'd be like, "Oh no! Like, where's the mercy rule? You can't do this. It's an embarrassment to the game." You know what I mean? You're showing up the other team, blah blah blah. Like you'll find every they would have found a way to to poo poo on his on, on his on on his form of winning then too. So he, that's not happening. Like they 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 do let them foot their foot off the gas. To, you know what I mean? And they go into a prevent kind of offense. You know and. You know, it's very generic. Like, they, that, that sense of urgency is no longer there. So, they just kind of go through the motions. And teams have and teams get a sniff of opportunity. And as soon as it happens, like, they get the same sniff. And they sh- quickly shut the door. Like, listen, you shall not pass. Can't knock them for that. And, yeah, that's what happened. Like, Carolina quickly came out. And I, I said it. Cam was going to score a touchdown. Ted Ginn Jr. I thought was going to receive a touchdown. Instead, he pulls a reverse and he pulls a reverse behind behind all the offense, you know what I mean, to, to run about 40 yards and then cuts it across all the way. And then he cuts it across the other side to the other side of the field for like another 20 to 40 yards <laughs> to score a touchdown. He ran a reverse, reverse for a touchdown. I felt like he was playing Uno, reverse, reverse. But no, he drew six. <laughs> touchdown. Like, it was it was crazy. Like like they they Kalon is a bad team. Like like b- 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 bad. And we're gonna talk about listen, I'm not even gonna make my picks now. Because listen, the next football event that we have is gonna be is gonna be Pro Bowl. So we're gonna talk Pro Bowl on the next show, not this show. Like it's way too early to talk Pro Bowl. We'll talk Pro Bowl Saturday morning. <laughs> Like, like the ultimate procrastination of Pro Bowl talk. Like, that'll happen on Saturday. And Denver, New England, not for nothing, didn't surprise me either. Like, there's, there's always been one knock against Tom Brady, and it's that if you can get to him and make him tap dance, as they say, like the late, great Gregory Hans, then you can get him off of his game. And, listen... Like, yeah, it was a close game. And, like, <laughs> like let me see. Like, let's just start here. Because it, it was a close game. And, you know, you ever start watching a game and then you just completely realize that your focus has shifted, you know, from, like, one player to another or from like one team to the next. I think I talked about this before. Like, 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 like your 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 sense of focus shifts. Some may shift sometimes. Like you go in there, like wanting to focus on one thing, but as the game continues, like you start to shift on one thing. Well, 
that's kind of what happened to me. Like, it wasn't no Peyton versus Brady. It wasn't Denver versus New England for me. Like, this was, what is Denver D going to do next? That's all I kept on really, that's all I kept on worrying about. What is Denver's D going to do next? Because Denver's D, and not, to, not, and not for nothing, like, New England's D caused havoc on, on, on Peyton Manning, too. Like, like, let's not act like Peyton Manning had a walk in the park. It's just that. So, they, so did Denver's D, and they did it more effectively to Tom Brady. And listen, like, when you can't, hey, when you can't get the, the, the quick dinking dunks out to the quick dinking dunk guys because the because the defense is just coming that is coming that quickly then it th- then it throws you off when you, when you don't have I guess when you don't have a six three guy anymore a six one guy that you can kind of throw something up to ex- you know outside of Gronkowski because because your guys are being so engulfed by size or being so masked by size then that becomes a problem but I, I don't even know if that's if it's just a size issue. Like, I just know that's a Tom Brady issue, but the size of his receivers, you know, also plays a factor. And I don't know if that's going to help for Denver. But, like I said, remember, Denver's defense is going to be heading off to Carolina. It's going to be heading off to Cam Newton as well, too. Like, just think about it. Like, we're going to get another defensive game or, or a game where both defenses can dominate. And... As I think they they neutralize each other, I'm still and we're still gonna be wondering what are these quarterbacks gonna do for a while, and I think that's where the shift is gonna happen in the Super Bowl. Is that I'm not gonna really maybe probably not care so much about the defense, but I'm probably gonna shift over to the quarterbacks and see what they do against their these 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 defenses more than actually probably be the other way around. Like I'll see I want to see what Cam does against Denver's defense, and I want to see what Carolina's defense does against Peyton Manning. If that makes sense. We will see. But like I said, we're talking about the two number one teams for the for the third year in a row. And that is exactly what you, you hope for us always kinda of in the long run. That the two best teams get to duke it out. The two best fighters, the two best players, the two best whatever. Meet at the top, get to duke it out. Like like, like as much as we always love the underdog story. And I'll always, I'll always ride out for an underdog story because listen, it, it's, it's an underdog. Like who, who does it rule for the underdog? <laughs> but, like, that's what it's really about. It's the two best teams. The true meaning of it, the two best teams, two best players, two best whoever, going at it, duking it out, and seeing who's left standing at the end of the day, with their hands held high. And. You know what? We're going to go to a commercial break. And when we come back, listen. Cleveland may be in a bigger pickle than they think that they are. Like I said, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we come back from the Mighty Sports Minute. They didn't join this team to win championships become famous. They join because there is important work to be done, and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. 
They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops. All prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond, I became a soldier. back thank you for listening i am again your host alan taylor this is the mighty sports mike t sports minute i think i, I think i've told you these this, um I, t- I think i've told you guys this for a while and you know what i think i may ask your help for this one as well which one do you prefer mighty sports or the mighty sports minute i'll, I'll, I'll let you help me decide because like i I think the Mighty Sports Minute sometimes is a mouthful. Excuse me. But that was a mouthful. The Mighty Sports. Hey, that's just like the meat of the potatoes of it. Like the Mighty Sports Minute. That's the fluff work. That's the, you know, let me know. Comment below. Leave me something. So as I said before, you know, we went to commercial break. That Cleveland may be in this weird spot. And they may not even know it yet. Or maybe they do. And they're trying to find a way to get out of it. Because, remember I told you like I told you last show, or a couple shows ago, we always, always spoke about, I don't know if Kevin Love is really that guy anymore. And the game may have just evolved enough where it's surpassed Kevin Love. Like, like I think, like, like watching last night, and listen, the only, the only thing that I have to go against this is Draymond Green. But you have to think. Remember, a couple years ago, Melo was playing the four. And he had one of his best seasons ever. Right? Chris Bosh has stretched himself out all the way to the three-point line. Chris Bosh can cover perimeter guys all the way out to the three-point line. Chris Bosh, like I said, for as much as like Chris Bosh has never really talked about, Chris Bosh can guard the pick and roll you know what I mean, and help and and go over the pick and roll and recover better than probably any other four in that position. Outside of maybe Draymond Green, like Chris Bosh is, is very highly mobile, and Chris Bosh has for years when he was in Toronto hated just for the fact that he just happened to be six ten six eleven that he was forced to play that center position. He hated banging with all those guys. Like I said one of the one of the happiest times of his life is really coming to Miami where he did where he was able to play power forward. Honestly, again. So, as as I think that that position has passed Kevin Love, and, and we talked about it, you know, probably in nauseam the last time that Draymond Green just made Kevin Love look slow. He he made him he made him look stiff. He made him look old. He made him look decrepit. He he made him look like he did not belong in the same court with him. And Draymond Green is doing this to a lot of power forwards. He is just more mobile than them. And if this portion of the game has passed Kevin Love at the, for being a stretch power forward, because remember, Kevin Love is highly recruited, highly touted for being a, a, a power forward that can not only get you 
10, 12, 15 rebounds a game, but can shoot all the way out to the three-pointer. But is he mobile off his shot? Can he guard guys all the way out to the three-pointer? Like, he's dangerous from out there, but can he guard the dangers that tread in those waters? And they just re and they just signed Kevin Love to a five-year deal. I don't know if 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 the game like, and think about it because like I said, I think it may be time where where I said I think like Cleveland would have been or I said last I think Cleveland would have been better if they would have kept Andrew Wiggins because at least Wiggins could have played small forward and LeBron could have moved um, could have moved over to power forward. Look, it would have made it would have made things easier for Formello in New York too. Listen, I, I'm thinking about this broad, like, like broadly across the league. You understand? Kevin Durant would, would would be able to move over to the four as as Serge Ibaka is able to move over to center. You know what I mean? As as the game just keeps as, as they keep shrinking things down just a little bit more. Like like a bunch of things could happen. Melo moves over to the four. Porzingis moves over to the five. Now we now we got a now we got a seven foot three guy that has that kind of mobility. You know what I mean? As playing playing center. That, Listen, it would have it would have helped. I think Cleveland would have. Like LeBron is probably looking at it right now, like man, I really wish I had Andrew Wiggins. Like even though they just they they just like, we gonna talk about that later, but they, <laughs> you know. But actually, what am I saying later? This is later in the show. <laughs> um, because they just they just dis dismantled um Minnesota. And Tyron Lue gets his first victory uh, as a NBA coach, and I can't even think. I don't even think my imagination can generate a small enough cookie for me to give to him. Yay! I mean, what do you want? What? No, let's let's give him this. Tyron Lue has won his first game. So, what's probably going to be more interesting to see than anything when I'm watching Cleveland the next couple of years is what are they do with um, Kevin Love? And just think about this. Nobody's giving up much for Kevin Love. When they give up Kevin Love, they're packaging him because it's going to be new NBA money. Remember, I think that's going to be the kicker is that you're gonna, they're going to package him with a J.R. Smith or something like that. It's going to be new NBA money. They're not going to care about taking on J.R. Smith's contract. You know what I mean? They'll gladly have him there, put on shenanigans, and probably release him. Like, listen. Let's say, like, like J.R. Smith goes to... Like, 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 let's say he rests for some weird reason. Like, some way, some shape, some form. You know, I, they, they, they trade them both for... Like, see? The money will even add, add up. Add up. So, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know if cash is going to be given over. But like I said, hypothetically speaking, let's say they go to some place like LA. I don't know if LA has any stars that can match up with Kevin Love's contract. I don't think they can, and I don't think LA wants to go up any of their young talent. You know, what I mean, it may be for guys like it may be like one on one trades for guys like maybe what's his name? He got memes all over the place too. Jeez, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name? Got the nickname Swaggy P. There we go, Swaggy P. <laughs> you know, like guys like Swaggy P and things like that. Um, I don't know. What's called it's called like Roy Hibbert? We talked about him last time. Yeah. <laughs> like guys like him are just archaic now. Just big old monsters, like seven foot three guys that don't even know how to run up the court. Like, have you seen him? 
Like, listen, and this is coming from a guy that likes Georgetown centers or Georgetown-produced centers, big men, period. And you look at him, because remember, he had to, because I don't know if you ever heard the story. Like, this may be, like, that Roy Hibbert had to, had to take, had to go to people to learn how to run because he didn't know how to run as a big man up and down the court. So look at the way that he's run up and down the court. And then look at the way that another seven foot three guy in Porzingis runs up and down the court. And they run two totally different ways up and down the court. This is what made me realize the other day that Porzingis is that Porzingis Porzingis's footwork is and and mobility is is just really like breaking his peak because what he's doing now is is just based off of and I'm, and I'm straying from from what we was just talking about Cleveland. And but Porzingis is, is just doing things right now off of instinct and like athleticism and basketball instinct. He hasn't learned the NBA game yet, and I think that's what everybody's realizing. Like like when people's talking about oh what he's doing as a what he's doing as a player, what he's doing as a player, what he's doing as a player, is more the fact that he blocks shots. One of the top blockers in the league, not just amongst rookie in the league. You know what I mean? Can shoot. Can, you know what I mean? Can score well. Can shoot well. Rebounds well, and. He's doing this based off of his his natural ability, natural his actual his natural athleticism, and like his basketball knowledge, like 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 his like his, how like, and he knows nothing yet. Oh, man, I just realized how like where where his growth rate was is at, <laughs> and what people are seeing. So. Yeah, like, 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 I don't know, like, you could, I don't know if they get traded to, like, a, to a team like LA, maybe, and, and you bundle him there, and then I could see LA really just, like, the first time that J.R. Smith does something retarded, yeah, I can see LA just letting him go, because it's on the new NBA money, like, they won't care about taking on his, what, his $5 million, or whatever it is, like, they'll let that go and be like, yeah, go about your way, like, go, like, take your $5 million and get away from our organization. So I think wherever J.R. Smith goes next, if he does get bundled somewhere with Kevin Love, he needs to really be on his P's and Q's because when $18 million for guys like Tristan Thompson, right, is okay money for them, twenty, you know what I mean? Then that means $5 million to cut somebody like J.R. Smith is nothing. I don't know what J.R. I think J.R. Smith has like 5 to $7 million, right? Cause I don't, I didn't think he got that double digit or uh, eight million dollar contract. Like I don't think he got that eight to twelve million. Did he? What's the Smith get? We have to go look that up. You know, like I said, like 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 I'm like I'm gonna keep telling you. Like if you know, leave me a comment. I will read it. Trust me. I I will, I will read every single comment you guys leave me. Regardless of how outlandish or outrageous or whatever it may be, but hopefully it's all, you know, productive. So, not only that. <laughs> it's talking about problems. I I told you there was one, there was one more award that was gonna be given out, and I told you to leave me some comments. You know, early in the show, if you can guess who it was, but we're gonna get right into it. Like seriously. The Richard Cranium Award of the evening goes to. Blake Griffin. <laughs> like, why, why are you punting? Really, Blake? 
hey, you over here making Kia commercials, and I'm in the Zone commercial, and all these other commercials, and yet you punch people in the face outside of restaurants. Like, listen, they said it's possible these guys may have been close, which is possible because I've punched my best friend in the face once. You know what I mean? Like, I've, 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 I've pelted, you know, soldiers in the face with a basketball that, you know, like later on that day, not only were we eating the meal together, we was digging, we were digging a foxhole together and sleeping in there. Together. Don't judge. <laughs> well, you guys know what I mean. You know, so, like, 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 you're already, like, you're already injured. Like, 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 it's like getting a fight on your day off because you're going to get suspended now while you were injured. And they could attack on the suspension probably to the end of your, to the, to whenever you do come back. So if it takes you six weeks to come back, now it's six weeks and two games. Well, you can't do that. And I'm curious. Like, I, I, I don't know why this, this thought come, came in my mind. When the new arena goes to, the new football arena goes to L.A., does this new does this basketball owner of the Clippers have any like hand in it to move the Clippers to play basketball games there? Maybe I don't know. Is there a basketball accessible court there? Because I I I I don't know if I, I can keep seeing this particular owner with his passion for the game to continue sharing an arena with the Lakers. I don't know for some odd reason. I don't know why that's odd to me. But you know that that arena itself has its own allure, like like the garden, you know, like like Madison Square Garden. So I don't know if he would want to leave there. Like you know, the Staples Center has its own, like I said, has its own draw. So you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But I don't I don't know why I feel like this new Clippers team with this owner should have their own arena. And okay, and talking about moves. It's about that time in the NBA season where I'm look. I start looking at free agencies and and who's becoming available. Unrestricted free agents, you know, restricted free agents. And I'm gonna tell you, and this is probably more for Knicks fans than anything else. Like the guys that that, that are out there that keep wanting people traded away and all this other stuff. And also for the people that are also thinking, kind of like me, you know, I, I can't say like me because. I needed to look at this first before I was even thinking about free agency additions. When it comes to the point guard market that you guys that that Knicks fans believe that they need, the Knicks the Knicks aren't gonna ever gonna be able to get. Like you're really talking about a small percent. Like I, I'm not like when I tell you like tiny, you're talking about a very small pool of players to pick from and i don't even know if all of those guys are worth listen none of these guys are worth trading for and, and you have to get that out of your head right now the knicks are not going to go ahead and give up any more young talent that they you know what i mean any more talent to break up a break up any more cohesiveness to just go and give excess to another team you understand like I don't think there's anybody that we have that has that contract, and I don't think that they have the player that they will want to get rid of that they think that they can subtract from that up that whatever point guard is out there would help. Like seriously, unless you're talking about really getting a Russell Westbrook 
And he like, like, I like, listen, Derrick Rose may be out the door. Like, I would even, I don't even know. Do I want Derrick Rose? Nah, he's too wishy-washy. He's too injury prone. You don't want to, you don't want your hopes set on another injured player. So, like, you're talking about Brandon Jennings, maybe, from Detroit. Right? Because you're not going to trade for him, so you're going to hope to get him in the offseason. Um, maybe Michael Conley? Because we know we definitely don't want Mario Chalmers. Like, you can keep Mario Chalmers and Courtney Lee. I think he's more of a shooting guard than he is a point guard. And he may be past what we need. Um, Jared Bayless? But even from Boston, not Boston, from Milwaukee. But even him, I think he's more of a really good... He's, he's more of a really good backup. Now, Milwaukee, interestingly enough, in 2017, Michael Corder Williams becomes a restricted free agent. He's somebody I wouldn't mind trading a couple of pieces away for. I don't know why. I like him. Um, We're talking about... Hey, ah, oh man, like this one... Like... I was going to say, <laughs> actually, I have no clue what I was going to say. I think this is Houston. Actually, yes, I do. Um, Tyreek Evans or, 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 or Drew Holiday. And that's for the Pelicans. But like I said, that would have to be a trade. And that doesn't happen in 2017. See, like, that's a whole other year away. Like, that's forward, forward thinking. That's the scene that the New York is still in the, in the, heat, in the need for a point guard in two years. Then... That's who's becoming unrestricted in 2017. Like, see, I, I shouldn't even have paused at that page, but I, I didn't have no way to leave myself a note. And then in Philly, there's Ish Smith. Like I said, you won't trade for Ish Smith because Philly just retraded for Ish Smith. So Ish Smith is going to have to become a free agent next year. And as much as he's an offensive, like, like, world, little like, mini whirlwind, you know, his defense against some of those other guys isn't. Gonna stand ups half the time, so when you wonder, <sighs> and then there's somebody that I was just curious about more than anything else, and to get him just to say, you know what, let's see, and that's Seth Curry, yes, the brother of Chef Mr. Steph Curry, Seth Curry. Sacramento, he becomes a free agent next year. It's restricted, but he has a player option. So he can Jeremy Lindham kind of kind of thing. I wouldn't mind getting him and seeing if he helps out because like, that's the biggest, I guess, that's going to be the biggest area of concern right now. And if you're talking free agents, that's what you're talking about as a Knicks fan. I, I know that's what you're looking at. Those are the guys that you're talking about possibly trading for. Like, so, I mentioned those guys specifically because those are the guys that are becoming free agents next year, right? So, those are the guys that at the end of, uh, at the, when this free agency, like, when this, when free agency period starts to, starts to draw closer for this season, those are the guys that they are going to look to start marketing off if, they haven't made a commitment to their team yet, or if they can't gauge if they have committed to the team, or if their team feels like, you know what, we don't want to resign or spend money for you. Those are none of those guys do you want to trade for. None of those guys were trade worthy. Maybe Seth, that's because you won't have to give anything up for him. You know, like, like you can trade him for a peanut. <laughs> but 
No, all those guys, you can wait for the offseason and try to entice them with some money. Because, listen, you're not going to do what we did to get Melo and that's gutter team just to get a player that was going to come to us anyway. You know, next week on the Mighty Sports Minute, we're actually going to, like I said, we're going to talk some Pro Bowl. We're going to look a bit deeper into some of these free agencies. We're going to see which teams, possibly if any one of, the, any one of these top, you know, five to ten um, teams in the power rankings, you know, could benefit from some of these moves that, that, I, that I, were talking, I was talking about. It's, you know, maybe it helps put L.A., you know, Clippers, you know, up a couple of notches just like it helped for them to get rid of Josh Smith. Who knows? But, you know, once again, thank you for listening. I, I appreciate it. Like I said, I really do appreciate it every single time. Thank you. Stay tuned. Stay blessed. And, once again, don't stress. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down. I always knew I'd make a stop there, but a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Don't forget to check me out. It's closing down. Twitter. Sun's out. Facebook. Where we going for? And here on SoundCloud. Don't wanna go far. My T Sports. My tea!